What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And today, I have somebody who definitely got her money right after some struggles, though. We're going to hear all about it. We got Carmen from Make Real Sense. What's up, Carmen? What's up, girl? What's up? Oh, my God. I'm so excited. to. So Carmen was one of my very first like financial influencer, I guess, influencer, Instagram finance posting friends that I made on Instagram. And honestly, like y'all will hear from this conversation, but like Carmen is just so real. It's so easy to connect with Carmen. She's just like the dopest and, um, and so genuine. You can tell from her content, you can tell just from her, her personality and interaction with her. Um, so thank you, Carmen, for taking time to just talk to me today and share your story. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate of it, girl. Course. Of course. So I like to jump right in with some fun, juicy questions about regrets. <laughs> then after that, I want you to give people a little elevator pitch about who Make Real Sense is as a brand, what Make Real Sense is as a brand. But first, Carmen, what is the most expensive purchase that you have made in your life that you regret? You wish you could take it back to this very day. What is my number one regret? Um, (laughs) No. So, I mean, I hate to like say it like this, but if I had to have any regrets, it would be my $30,000 student loan that I took out to go to Rutgers. That being said, yeah. it set me up for a lot of things later in life that were good and also yeah. bad. But uh, I, if I could redo that whole situation, yeah. I would have stayed in Florida with my scholarship money mm. instead so you, of taking uh, that alone. So a little piece of that is going out of state for college. Yep. Like that's, a, that's a little piece of that regret, right? Because in-state college would have been a lot more affordable. Um, so yeah, so student loan there, but also kind of like going out of your state and taking on so much student loan that when you could have saved right where you were and saved by getting more funding from your state. Um, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I feel like Rutgers is such a, like so many people want to go to Rutgers. It's like, it's a, it's a popular name school. So I feel like that also right. probably made you like a little, you know, like, Ooh, like that's up North. Like that's mm-hmm. cool. Like, mm-hmm. let me go there. Let me check it out. And then it was not yeah. the business. Well, like, <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers is great, but that year was not it, girl. It was yeah. not it. Oh man. Well, I mean, but that's the thing, right? That's why you, you live and you learn, like you kind of realize sometimes like those are the big decisions in your life that you have to make. So you, you feel like in that moment when you're 18, making this big college decision, like this is the rest of your life. Like this right. is the rest. And when actually it's just the next few years and your life is so long, like you got decades ahead of you. You're just planning for the next three or four years. Right. But, uh, you know, when you're 18, it's hard to put that into perspective. Um, so yeah, you know, that makes sense. Um, what about on the flip side of that, an experience or a, a thing, a purchase that you made that was so expensive? Maybe other people look at your finances and be like, oh, girl, you buck wild. That is way too much <laughs> to spend on whatever thing that is. But for you, you actually stand by that decision because it was worth it for you. Right, right. So for me, like clothes and stuff, you're, you're never going to catch me buying anything that I have that is nice, like yeah. other people have bought for me. <laughs> That's like that material things aren't necessarily like my big Um, if you follow me for a while, you know, my shoes at work were falling (laughs) apart and I would not put $50 into buying another pair. Like I just wouldn't do it. My, I guess if I could think about any purchase, um, and experience that it added to my life, like I love traveling. And Mm -hmm. when I was before I was, when I was buck wild and doing all this stuff, Mm -hmm. um, before I was trying to get out of debt. Yeah. Uh, my biggest thing was probably the most life-changing trip that I've taken was to Kenya to volunteer. I'm like massive on that. I love volunteering. Uh-huh. I've gone all over um, locally as well as abroad to volunteer. And I think yeah. 
my trip to Kenya did more for me than I could do for those kids that I was there. I was only there for two weeks. I That's all of the time I had to take off from work. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like $2,500 and that trip completely transformed and changed my life like for the better. And it that makes you amazing. appreciate so much. I don't know if we can curse on here, but girl, right, let me tell you, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was life changing. Like I will never regret paying for travel yeah. As long as you traveling with somebody that you like want to travel with. That's true. Because I have definitely taken a trip <laughs> at least one or two times with people. I'm like, you just ruined my whole trip. Like your, your negative energy, your nasty attitude. You, I could have went by myself. Right. Right. You know, but travel is so beautiful. I definitely second that because I have spent a lot of money on trips. Um, you know, and I, I feel like I tr- travel pretty budget friendly. Like I do hostels instead of hotels. Like I do, I know a lot of people are like, Oh no, I spend money when I travel. Cause I got to make it worth it. But I like to travel more often and right. save each time rather than go once in a blue and go all out when I go. Right. So, you know, that's, that's just my thing, but I definitely agree. I feel like if you're going with people that you're going to, that are going to make that trip worthwhile for you and it's a, a place that you won't forget and then it's worth, I mean, travel is just one of my things that's worth it. But of course, as uh, with everything, these things are subjective. Like some people are going to be like, oh, nah, I hate traveling. Right, right. Be, yeah. But if travel And there's is nothing wrong with clothes, nothing wrong, none right, of that. But right. it's just not my thing. Exactly. Um, that's why I'll walk around here looking raggedy, but I've been to all the continents <laughs> except yeah. Antarctica. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, put Antarctica on the list. Then. <laughs> uh, if we going next, Antarctica, we are- Girl, it's already cold up here. I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it's cold enough. <laughs> but no, I love that. I, I think this it's so true. Every time I, I interview people and they say that, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Snaps to that that point of like, we're not here trying to judge nobody. But at the end of the day, you have to know yourself so that you can put dollars towards your priorities. If you don't really know what you're what you value and what you prioritize, you're going to be spending money on everything and anything, and that's when you know, you get into financial problems like right. like most of us did in our early 20s. Um, so, okay, for anybody who does not know about you, Carmen Perez, slash Make Real Sense, your actual uh, online financial brand and platform, give them a little elevator pitch. What's Make Real Sense all about and, uh, and what could they find on, on your platform? So basically my platform, Make Real Sense, is I started it as a blog dedicated to teaching people all the do's and don'ts of personal finance. And I like to say I, I threw a little humor in there because I don't think you should take it that seriously. Mm-hmm. Money is serious by all means, but yeah. I think you should be lighthearted along the way because obviously I worked in an industry for a long ass time that was very mm-hmm. serious. I worked in finance. Um, So I like to bring a little humor to that. So the whole platform is basically dedicated to millennials, teaching them all of my money mistakes. So they don't make them. I never, ever, ever want anyone to go through all of like the hardship I put myself through for no reason Um, as a millennial, as Gen Z, whatever, Mm -hmm. older, younger. Um, to make the same mistakes that I did because that shit was stressful. Okay. Let yeah, me tell you, like it was stressful. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that you put the financial stress on yourself. I, I want to jump to another question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time here because I feel like that is something I want to dive into a little more. How you said first two things, like one, you went to school for finance, right? And you, and you worked in finance. And then two, you put a whole bunch of financial stress unnecessarily on yourself, which is like, 
those two things kind of don't really go together. Right. Like if you study finance, you would think that the person would come out ready and prepared. So where do you think the mismatch was in terms of you having the degree in finance, you having a professional career in finance, but not necessarily having a grip on your own personal finances? Right. So like, I think like finance in theory, it's great. You learn about a bunch of stuff in theory, but in practice, it's very different. So I could go and like do asset managers, uh, account reconciliations and do all this stuff that at a high level. But when it comes to my own stuff behind closed doors, it was a hot mess. Right. Mm. And I think that the incongruency came from the fact that like I fell in love with the struggle early on Mm. and that whether that be like from what I had seen maybe with my parents or as my mom like got out of the situation that she was in and transitioned to me being into high school and having to work all the time and just doing all this stuff. I got used to this like struggle, mm. this paycheck to paycheck. This is what I've fallen in love with. This is my comfort zone. And I didn't know anything other than that. And subconsciously, mm. I think that's where the incongruency came. Cause there's no, there would be, there's no reason why I was in half the situations I was in period. Yeah. Other than like, Oh, this is what I understand. This is what I relate to. This is the struggle. Like this is what, is normal living mm. paycheck to paycheck. So. Yep, girl, that's so deep. I feel that in my heart. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, because it's it's so true. There's times where you just do stupid ish, like you just just do dumb shit, and you don't really. Um, it's not that you don't know no better per se. It's just that you're not in the mental headspace to find clarity around what a better or smarter money move to make is. Right. Like, you're just so used to. You're just stuck in a rut. This is just your routine. Like you said, it's a cycle. It's just what you do and you don't really think to challenge it or to see if there's a better way. Like there's, that just doesn't hit your mind. Like, Oh, let right. me see if, if this is the optimal best way to handle my, like, this is just not what you think. Right. And, um, and I feel like that's how a lot of people actually get stuck in, in, in ruts and in cycles. Like for me, it was credit card debt. That was my thing. I was just out here swiping the card and I knew somewhere in the back of my mind. So it was a little voice like, bitch, why are you buying this coat? You don't need a third coat. You got right, another, right. You, oh, but 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 this is a trench coat. You don't need a, a trench coat. Oh, but it's cute though, and it's on sale. But you don't have the cash. Oh, but I'm gonna put it on my credit card. It was just this constant right. back and forth of like these two little voices, almost like the little angel over here and the little devil over here. And and until I always just convinced myself that it was fine because it's yeah. like I just kept doing it. You talk yourself into it, and that that's like I wish I had that girl because I don't know what I had. All I had was. This little voice in the back of my head said, max it out. Your your paycheck has $3 left. Cool. You got to go into the red or you ain't you ain't living. You ain't oh, doing this right. Oh, 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 girl, <laughs> that's, that's I thought I was bad, girl, but you seem like you were a couple levels below me. <laughs> that's the only voice I had. Like, I didn't have this, like, oh, you know, I didn't have this voice saying, like, okay, maybe you shouldn't be doing Like, I had no right. – that I, now that, like, even us having this conversation, thinking back, there was no mechanism that was wow. like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, you don't got the money. You can kind of overdraft your account and then put it back later. Like, mm-hmm. there is there was no – no right. stop mechanism. That's so. wild. I mean, I mean, I feel like for me it was because, I don't know, maybe it was because, at least if I reflect on it, I was always scared of authority. Like when I was a kid in school, mm-hmm. I was I was really good at school, you know? I would show up on time. I always brought the teacher an apple. I always got a 90 on my test. I was that, that nerdy kid who just... I thrived in an academic setting. I wanted yeah. to impress my teacher. I wanted to get good grades. I wanted to make my parents proud. So when I saw a due date on my on my credit card statement, I'm like, oh, chill, wait. The due date says tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to send $25 tomorrow. Like at least the minimum is going to get paid. So I always right. 
you know, did the bare minimum to keep myself in good standing financially, yeah. but that doesn't mean I was doing well. Like I had, right. I had a lot of debt. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's probably what it was for me, but if you out there on the wild side of things, girl, you you just thrill on the thrill of like, am I gonna make it? Am I gonna? I'm over there, like <laughs> on the edge constantly. There's times like even my friends used to hit me up. They're like, "This is such a transformation." I remember you in high school. Mm. You would be overdrafting your account. You'd just be like, yeah. "Fuck it, all right, let's like mm-hmm. go swipe this, and it's gonna go in the red." And that's when they used to. I don't know if you remember this. They used to let your account. Oh, yeah. Now for the most part, they don't necessarily let. Yeah, you Yeah, I think it's a it's a limit now on like four. But back then, yeah. You yeah, just, it was just they kept charging fees and yeah, it's cool, right? Just, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I can run this card and then I'll pay the 35 when I get paid on Friday. Cool, exactly, exactly. Because you think I need that money right now. That that's right. just it's just access to the money now. That's what I need. Um, so that's wild. You mentioned a little bit about how um maybe some of your childhood experiences. Um, I don't want to call it trauma unless that's how you identify it as, but uh, yeah. definitely some of the you know maybe emotional things that stayed with you from some of your mom's struggles, from some of what you witnessed. Tell us about that, what it was like growing up with a single mom, or I guess she wasn't single at first, but eventually she left your dad. Tell us about what happened. As much as you're comfortable sharing around what money lessons or things were happening that put you in that, that rut of a cycle afterwards. Yeah. So I think like for the most part, so quick stories, I grew up in domestic violence household until I was eight. Um, And then my parents, there was some situation that happened um, where we were kind of like living with different families for a little bit. And then we finally like reconvened with my mom um, because obviously that's not a household that kids should be in. She got a divorce from my father while she was in the hospital. The only opportunity she basically had. And during that time, I think that maybe I saw my parents struggling with money from some aspect. And I mean, me and my mom kind of discussed this here and there. I know like there was a lot of stuff that my, my father was doing and kind of to this day still does that is he's just not getting his finances together in the right Mm way. So I'm sure like I picked up on a lot of those things. And again, like I said, I related to the struggle growing up in like a very traumatic household. Cause they say that's like, you know, you have like PSD and all that stuff from that kind of trauma. Like absolutely. Going through that, you're you know your mom getting beat all the time. That does like something to you. So of I think course. that into your brain, of course, into your brain, right? So I think like relating to that struggle in some way and that transpiring, whether that be like showing up in different avenues. So you know sometimes people might turn to addiction or mm-hmm. um, dep- have depression and all that stuff coming out of those kind of situations. And I yeah. think that for me. For some reason, it was I saw the money situation where mm-hmm. it wasn't great and it's still not great for I'm sure my father. Um, now mm-hmm. we don't really speak, and um, just seeing that like correlate over to now my mom like struggling to be a single mom and manage three kids and figure like shit out. Yep. She did it though. Like right. she, while she was um, raising us, she got her associates, then went Ooh. on to get her bachelor's, then oh, went on to get her master's. And she was grinding, like, so I think, and to an extent, I think that's how I always, like, my mom's going to be okay, she's okay, like, I can do it. I know, like, I think I definitely get my grind from her, and I always feel like maybe the reason why I was living on the edge is because, like, I would always figure it out. Like, it would be a struggle, but I would always figure it out. Um, 
but that's also not necessarily the way to live. Right. So. And and it's not, I mean, it's I would stressful. say, I would say it's not healthy, but it is right. common. I would say it's not, it's not healthy, but it's common. And I think, um, yeah, it's kind of like what you said about what stuck with you probably from your childhood is watching your mom endure pain. And probably maybe that stuck with you in terms of like, Yo, I have a high tolerance for enduring pain. So if I'm going through some crazy stuff, I can t- I can take it. This I, is I normal. Yes, I can take it. It's normal for me. It, it, you know, it's what I see. It's what I know. It's it's gonna be fine. And right. um, and, you know that that probably did stick with you. Uh, you know, through a lot of stuff. And um, I wonder if that did you do you think that maybe played a role in you wanting to leave when you could, like when you got a chance to go to college, maybe not wanting to stay in Florida, or do you feel like you were like, nah, I just want to go to Rutgers? <laughs> I think it's I think it's both. Well, first, like I've always wanted to make sure like my mom was okay because I think like whatever career regardless what I decided was like I'm gonna pick the the career that's gonna give me the most money money, what I see on tv that's what I'm gonna try to emulate and then unfortunately that's a lot of people they only have those examples accessible to them um that exposure and my mom tried to give us exposure to a lot of people that were inspiring and all that but at the same time I'm like I'm trying to Chase the money. Yeah, it makes a lot of money. I can make sure you're okay. I'm not stressing Mm -hmm. about you at the end of the day. So that was a mix. Like Rutgers was a strategic move as far as like I'm gonna major in finance and I need to get as close to New York as possible, right? Possibly so I can figure out how to get a job up there. Um, So that was like more of a strategic, strategic thing. And I think like a lot of, and even what you're saying with like identifying with pain, it's interesting because now like I have such an affinity towards like volunteering because Mm. back when me and my mom would get kicked out of the house, my brother and my sister would stay with my father. It was just weird. Um, And we would go to shelters. And now like, I feel like it's my duty and obligation to give back and volunteer at whether it be a homeless shelter or, you know, a, a kitchen whatever I can do in my capacity, because like, if we didn't have those people, girl, I don't know where I would be. And I would make sure people don't feel ashamed to like, even now, current day, go to food pantries and get that. This one chick, um, I'll never forget this. Sorry to go on a tangent. No, no, go girl. Go. This was like a couple of years ago. I had graduated and I was back in Tampa and I was working at Citigroup when volunteered, you know, on, on the weekends at this food pantry. And this girl comes in She's my age. She has a she has a kid, and she was like, "Girl, you know, I I never come in here. This isn't my thing." Like, and I was like, "If you don't take this food, take I was like take extra." I was like, "This is this is what it's here for, right?" I was like, right. "Trust me, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't no. have to feel ashamed for coming in here." I was like, "This helped me at one point, so you're good. Like, yeah. I hope everything works out for you in the you know in the end." Yeah. Um, but never feel ashamed to come in here and ask for help and get all that stuff. So, anyways. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the other thing that I got from my my childhood is like Mm -hmm. that I feel an obligation and and it's more of an honor to be able to give back um, in whatever capacity that I can now. Yeah, and I love that because I feel like um, there's two things that happen in the volunteering giving back space. It's either you're doing it from the kindness of your heart, you're truly empathetic and you want to be able to be there and give back in whatever way you can. But it could also be people doing it for the wrong reasons. Like either they got the Jesus complex, they're coming out here to save somebody or they think I'm better than thou, I'm here to help. Like, And so I think it's so beautiful when people put themselves in that position to give and to help and say, listen, 
You see me here now helping you. I was on the other side of this table. I was where you are. And that's why I'm here. And I think it makes people feel like, wow, like, oh, you know, I would have never thought that about you. And now I feel like this is not so bad. And I feel like I can connect with you and like I feel more normal. I feel like okay about doing this. And it just it's reassuring. It gives people a little bit more comfort in those really tough experiences. Right, right. You know, yeah. Because it's a real thing. Like people feel ashamed. And it's like you you shouldn't and you shouldn't have to apologize for that. Everybody at any Mm -hmm. given moment. Can fall on hard times. You never know. Nobody's immune. So, yes, you know, yes. that's not something that you should feel like shameful about. Period. 100%. I love that. And that, and that, that carries over so much to what we both do, which is to post social media um, content about money. Because of if we're going to use the word shame, one of the number one places in your life or, t- or factors of your life where majority of people feel shame is under finances. It's under the financial umbrella of, you know, money coming in, money going out or not knowing how to handle money or whatever that might be. So I feel like it's so important to make it more, to be as vocal as possible in place in spaces where people tend to not be vocal. And so for me, that's one of the biggest reasons why I took to social media, why I started YouTubing, why I started talking openly about money, because I realized people are really ashamed around this and we got to fight back against that by talking openly about it so they can feel less awkward about it and less uncomfortable about it. Um, so maybe that, you know, was part of the reason why you started blogging too. I feel true, like a lot true. of us, you know, want to share. Okay. So, but one of the biggest things that you do talk about making huge mistake on when it comes to your money was uh, not handling your student loans correctly. So you said it was a regret right. to take 30 K out. Obviously I feel like it's because of this reason why it led to certain, um, you know, setbacks into certain experiences. So you, you've posted about this. If anybody follows Carmen, um, at make real, make real sense on Instagram, you've probably seen a ton of her posts when she does ask me anything or when she does, you know, general Q and a, and, and she talks about her student loan story. So Carmen was sued by her student loans. Not that this is happening left or right or anything like that, but I think there's a lot of learnings, um, that come from this situation. So tell us how the hell you get sued by a student loan company and, you know, to give us a breakdown, what were the things that happened? What did you do to put yourself in that position? And then what did they do um, to bring, you know, to get it to a point where they, they sued you and like officially took you to court, et cetera. Yeah. So let me strike the fear in y'all just because again, <laughs> my platform, I want no one to make the same mistake. So this is actually a very specific one-off case that will not apply to like 99% of the people that actually get sued um, for their student loan. Uh, But it's still like things that you could take away, especially if you're a student now and and or getting ready to graduate. Um, So I went to Rutgers, took out the $30,000 student loan, Mm -hmm. went about my business, and then transferred um, from Rutgers to USF, which is where I ended up graduating from. Yeah. Um, but the 30K that you took out, was that a federal loan or a private student loan? Private pseudo weird. Um, this uh, It's the NJ class loan, student class mm-hmm. or NJ class loan, uh, which is one of one of two, if not the only one in like the United States that kind of functions this way. It's actually yeah. backed by the New Jersey taxpayers uh, or the state of New Jersey, um, yeah. not like the fed- at a federal level. So gotcha. it's like this weird government private student loan. Um, really high interest rate, all that jazz. Of course. Predatory. Uh, <laughs> let's call it what it is. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. So got that loan, um, transferred, yeah. and for a while, uh, didn't hear anything. I started my junior year at USF and got a pink letter in the mail um, at my mom's house. So I'm like, okay, what's this about? So it was about my student loan, and they said that it was 
uh, defaulted. I hadn't paid in like 180 days. They had written out all the stuff. They're like, please contact us immediately. It was yeah. a collection agency. Yeah. So I'm like, this has got to be a mistake. I'm a full-time student. I have been since I started college. This, yeah. this is a mistake. I'm not going to deal with this. They got this toy. Uh, <laughs> strike one, Carmen. Strike one. Strike one. It's not dealing with what needs to be dealt with. Um, regardless yeah. if it's hard or easy, you just got to go ahead and do it. It might not always be the easy thing, but it's the right thing to do. Handle your business. So yeah. come to find out, they had been sending all these notices to my uh, dorm address in New Jersey. In Jersey. You know, yeah, I had left and have now been residing in the state of Florida. Um, so they send that notice. It had already been in default. I eventually called them and was like, Hey, what's going on with this? This gotta be a mistake. Hey, it's Carmen <laughs> looking for me. So oh. like, what is this? What is this about? Right. Oh. So, um, and that's overwhelming too. When you're, uh, what is it, like, what are you in junior? You're 20, 20, yeah. 20 maybe 21. Yeah. You don't know what to do. My no. mom has her student loans. She's going through her own thing hey. to handle her business. I'm not trying to get in her like face about like, can you help me out with this? She already had to help me with FAFSA. So So I just wanted to leave her alone about my money situation and like right. figure it out. Um, call them up. And I said, Hey, I think this is a mistake. And they're like, no, it's not a mistake. You defaulted. And I said, no, this is clearly a mistake because mm. I am a, still a full-time student. Um, they're like, okay, well, you're, you're supposed to send us a uh, verification of that because you left the state of New Jersey. Now you have mm. to send us verification. I'm like, okay, send them verification. I thought I was done. Um, and then honestly just kind of forgot about this, this yeah. loan, like left it. Uh, then I know I got some calls randomly at work a few times from this collection thing. And I'm like, I took care of this. Like, this isn't even supposed to start yet. Like, But they called you at your job, though. At, at the job. Um, <sighs> the, first, the first move. Uh, and um, they, I said, look, I already taken care of this. Y'all aren't even supposed to be collecting on this yet. Like, what is going on type deal? And I can't even remember the conversation. I think it was still like, you defaulted. You need to give us money. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, this is insane. Like, right. I'm telling you guys, like, this is not right. This is not any of what is supposed to be going on. Like, and I just literally got overwhelmed. I can just l- honestly chuck it up to that right now. Overwhelmed yeah. as far as like, I'm telling them this is not the case. Yeah. Like, how do I, who am I supposed to tell if it's like at collections? Like, how am I supposed to even go about this if they're not giving me the information I need? Right. Fast forward to 2016, where I'm getting about my business, and like I found Mr. Money Mustache. And for those mm-hmm. of you that don't know, this it's this uh, guy that started a, a, yeah. a blog around the FIRE movement, so Financial Independence Retire Early movement. And uh, he retired at like 30, right? I yeah. think. Right? Uh, so I got really inspired by him, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to do that too. So I started <laughs> buzzing. Uh, with 30K collections again. So right. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, look, I'm going to start that too. I'm going to start getting on a budget. I'm going to start paying down my debt. I'm going to start doing everything. Yes, yes, yes. Girl, this is is why I say the universe will test you, especially if when you're becoming trying to become debt free, because it is always going to throw something your way to make sure Mm -hmm. you are ready to do this and you're not going to revert back to your old way. So three months in, of course, I'm all cute, getting my budget. I'm like paying down my car. I'm like, ooh, this is great. My car that had 18.5% interest, by the oh, way. Oh, my God. That's a credit card. It's oh, a, my God. It's a God. credit card car. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> um, 
because of this default. Right. And they send me a letter uh, in New York saying, hey, you need to respond to this. And I'm like, what is what is this? And it's saying like now that $20,000 student loan that I had taken out is now 30000 And this is in the county of Queens. Um, mm-hmm. You need to respond to this. And I'm like, wait, what is this? What is this? They're following you, girl. They're following <laughs> you. All right. Yeah. And it was, this was a, an official like court docket. This has been wow. filed with X, like the... Um, respondent or responses required from so-and-so and And i'm like i don't in court in person yeah like i don't understand well no so we that's like that's how they initiate it like you you are being sued now Mm -hmm. like this is this is how it happens so you need to file a response so i was freaking out because i barely had any money um saved i reached out i was trying to find a lawyer that was like reasonable because at this point like i had read a bunch of blogs read a, a bunch of stuff and people were like you're getting sued. A lawyer needs to handle this at this point. You can oh, try to respond, but yeah, that's not going to be that DIY. If you don't know anything about that legal stuff. <laughs> legal DIY is not a thing, okay? Right. Legal DIY is not a thing. Don't do no. it. No. So scrape together my little coins that I had. Again, I was oh. already on my way. Like, you know, I'm starting to get good at this. And that was oh. literally like the biggest blow uh, you could have ever like you know you're on such a high of like I'm finally getting my life together and then you just get hit by a bus. Yep. Um. So they had sent that notice and long story short, my lawyer over the course of like a year and a half bought me so much time to fight this. Um. Or, or like not fight it, but save money to be able yeah. to pay this off because they weren't going to budge. And she's like, you know, I've read all this stuff, and this lady was excellent. Like she's gotten yeah. so much. Stuff discharge and all this stuff and that's not that was not my aim and I want to make that very clear like my platform too it's like if you took it out you need to pay it back like responsibility your responsibility yeah I'm not trying to settle this I'm not trying to do none of that I want to pay this back but I do think y'all have caused me a lot of damages I ended up losing a, a job offer they rescinded mm-hmm. a job offer so they gave it to me and they said let's run that credit oh took it back Uh, I was paying high interest in a lot of things. Like I had to get secure cards. There was a lot of stuff that went around um, that loan. So it really did hurt me. Now, Mm. just quickly, sorry, it's a long story. No, it's good. good. um, My lawyer really was pushing hard to get this thrown out because she goes, they violated the terms of the promissory note. She's like, I have never seen anything like this. Wow. Because when I called her up, I said, look, I'm getting sued for the student loan. And like, they had they had defaulted me when I was a full time student, and at first I really don't think she bought it or like was like okay I'm not getting all of the pieces here. Yeah. Um, but she went over it. She got all of my student records. She got everything. I was a continuous student. The onus wasn't on me to provide verification. And you had proved that. And I had proved that I was a full time student at the time that this has happened, and it had caused me material damages and all like so basically in the promissory note it said when you fall to a. Uh, part-time or lose the continuous full-time yeah student status then that's when they are able to start collecting on it which obviously they had done that prematurely because yeah I was supposed to send this verification which they have access to and the onus is on them to verify through the national clearinghouse and for whatever reason they couldn't get it but my lawyer was able to pull it up she's Mm -hmm. like so I don't know what's happening here long story Mm -hmm. short she wanted to really get it thrown out 
I said, no, look, this is something that I took out. This is something I want to pay for. It'd be nice if they could knock some of that interest down. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which they didn't. I think they took off like $300. I ended up paying like $30,195, something Ooh, that, that much. But she she bought me enough time yeah, um, to, save that up. to save it. But every call I'm telling y'all right now, you never want to deal with it. Every single call she would call me with like some kind of update, I'd be shaking. I can't tell you, like, I can't stress enough that this is probably one of the most stressful times of my life because it would have such a big impact. If I work in finance, think about it. Like I've already lost a job because of bad credit. That's a huge thing because it's a red flag for them, right? If you have bad credit and you're dealing with other people's money, that's Mm -hmm. like a, a, a laundering risk or a flight risk that you might try to transfer some of that, some other people's money into your account to cover your obligations. Yep. Um, and then rightfully, if you have a judgment or a bankruptcy, that really hurts yes. your, your report, your yeah, whole entire, everything, 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 everything. And you have to report that when you're applying for a job in finance and That's or right. self-report it if it happens while you are in the job. Exactly. So my livelihood was like on the line, oh, every phone call. Girl, it was stressful. It was stressful. So that's what happened. It's not going to happen to a majority of people because that's necessarily not going to be the case. You default it, you default it. That's right. right. But, you know, and there are remedies and things that you can work around for that. Um, But Mm -hmm. this, unfortunately, was a very specific case that just won't help a lot of people for that specific reason. But the overwhelm and not dealing with what I should have earlier on um, can, I think, speak to a lot. And, and even it. and even beyond getting sued, like, I mean, there were times where, like, for example, I remember one time I was in college and I worked at the, the, the pizzeria on campus and they also made sandwiches and paninis or whatever, whatever. So I was making a sandwich. It was late and the line was long. There were a bunch of drunk college kids trying to get food. I was rushing through it and I cut my thumb with one of the serrated knives. Oh. And my thumb just started bleeding. Like, I'm, mind you, I'm at the counter. I'm like, oh, and mind you, people waiting for food. So I, I quickly wrapped my thumb. Like, we, we cleared the whole area, sanitized everything. And then I run in the back and they're like, oh, now you need stitches on that thumb, girl. There's no other way. So right. I'm right, fine. So I run to EMS they bring, or whatever to the, you know, medical. They stitch me up. And they're like, okay, um, do you have Brown, uh, the Brown University health insurance thing? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I have it. They're, okay, great. So go ahead. You're good. So I leave thinking everything's okay. Girl, I didn't try to go back to make sandwiches. No, no, no. I think like, girl, no, I don't, nobody needs to eat some bloody sandwiches. But I, so I took like, I don't know, I took some time off and I was just kind of doing my thing. But like maybe a year later, I got a letter in the mail saying that they had been trying to contact me because that was my senior year. So I think they were sending the medical bills from the stitches to my dorm room address. And I was already back in New York and I had already, you know, so they were basically trying to contact me, couldn't. So at that point they decided to send me to collections. Mind you, this was only like probably like a $285 or $385 bill for the stitches. And, um, and I just saw it and I was like, what is this? No, you would think I would handle it right then and there. Right. But being that I was like 22, you know, and I I was like, I don't know what this is. Uh Uh-uh. And so I ignored it. And it just kept getting worse and worse. They sent it to a collection agency. Collection agency was calling to the point where I was sitting at work and I had a nonprofit job in education at that time. The phone rang at the office and the recorded voicemail message took a recording out loud. And everybody in the office heard it was like, we're looking for Yanely Espanol. (laughs) I was like, you said my name all wrong. You're all wrong. 
but, but it's fine. Part of that collection Jeez. account, like get just the name butchered right? my whole name. First of all, that's not me, so that can't be me that owes that money because that? that's not that? <laughs> That's not my name. It's so. not me. <laughs> but you know, it's just that it's that thing that uh, the point is that message that you said, where it's like it's not just gonna go away magically. You're not gonna pray it away. You're not gonna wish it away. You gotta handle it. Put your big girl pants on. Put your big boy pants on. Handle it like a grown adult. Make the phone calls. Do whatever you gotta do. I mean, it's annoying, but that's called being an adult. Once you turn 18, legally speaking, you can get credit. You can get loans. You can get a car. You can do these yep. things because you're legally adult, which means that comes with the responsibility of handling it like an adult too, right. which I mean, obviously I don't want to say that there's no financial predatory practices and things like that. And of course there's a lack of information and education, but at the end of the day, you know, in your gut, there was a piece of paper that something wasn't right with it and you, you should have handled it. And that's right. it happened to you. It happened to me. It's happened to so many people. So for younger people out there listening, you just got to handle it, man. Student loans with cars, with credit cards, with anything handle it you know handle it. it's not it's not necessarily the easy thing again but right. it's and it's most of the time too you talk and work this up to mm -hmm. such a big deal when it really will take you 10 or 15 seconds like I was yeah. trying to do my um 401k transfer to an IRA and I'm like yeah. oh this is gonna take me days <laughs> and it's gonna be like I was just being no. all genetic about it yeah. girl it's 15 minutes girl yep Yep. People get shocked, but it's really not that difficult. I mean, obviously there's certain cases where it might be, your case might be special or whatever, but for the most part, man, these things do not take a long time. We're no. talking about moving money from one place to another. That's, that's a quick transaction. Um, and I mean, We're I've got a collection agency and trying to get on a schedule and trying yes. to make um, yep. arrangements because they can't stop. They'll keep calling your job. Like avoiding it and putting your head in the sand is not the solution, whether you're young or old. Like I know a lot of people and trust me, I get it. You get overwhelmed and it That's can right. cause a lot of anxiety, yes. anxiety, frustration. Right. Yep. Just take it like one little piece at a time. Call them. They don't answer. Okay. I tried. Mm -hmm. I tried today. Right. That's one thing for today. For yeah. today. Okay. Tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow I'll try yeah. until I get someone. That's yeah. progress, right? Yeah. And then you just keep keep it moving. That's right. No, I, I mean I love that, and I think at the end of the day, you have to understand that they just want you to do something. They're right. not trying to get you to pay all thirty thousand one hundred ninety five dollars today. But if you call them and say, "Listen, I cannot afford to make this huge lump sum payment." I can afford $50. Like, okay, they'll take it because they want something rather than nothing. So the longer you avoid them, the longer they think that you're trying to not make a payment at all. Right. And then they get more mad trying to find you versus if you just call them and say, this is what I can do. I can do $25. I can do can like, like, like here's $25 or y'all can come get this degree. Right. Yeah. You could choose. I'm sure they want that money. So they're going to set you up on a payment plan. They're going to, you know, do something for you. But at the end of the day, if you don't take any steps at all, they're going to assume the worst. They're going to assume that you are a criminal on the run. Right. And that's what you don't want them, you know, to, to think about you. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, cool. So, so for people who, who don't know, Carmen is all over social media, the blog she talked about. She's also on Instagram. She just started TikTok. And let me tell you something. It's hilarious. Okay. I've just been looking at your TikToks. I'm not on TikTok actively, but I see them through Instagram. You crying. should do it. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm cracking up at your TikToks. Like they are too funny. It's a new platform. I'm loving it because it speaks more to my personality. I think like yeah. Instagram, you can post information and it's that. fun, but like 
TikTok, you really got to put yourself out there. You got to be That's vulnerable. Right. So. That's right. No, which is fun because I feel like, you know, especially in the topic that we are trying to educate people mm-hmm. about. When you try to talk about finances, <laughs> it's like, ugh. Like for me, I mean, if I heard, girl, oh my God, if somebody had told me, come on, sit down, girl, I'm going to teach you all about finances. When I was 18, I would have been like, I would rather shoot myself in the foot and then run with my f- foot shot because I, I'm just like, I'm not trying or, to get or that. a sandwich with a, a cut finger. <laughs> or slice my finger in half while making a sandwich. I'd rather do that. I've already done that. No, but I, it's true because I feel like when you're young, you're just trying to, you're just trying to have fun. You just, right. you want things to be a little more lighthearted. And I feel like in an academic setting, that's why a lot of kids get lost in the system or get trapped because they don't feel it's engaging. They don't feel it's fun. And if we it. could, exactly. If we could, find more ways to help younger people connect. So I feel like TikTok is so great for that. Um, I haven't ventured out to it on my own, but maybe, you know, you, you give me a TikTok tutorial one of these days. But, um, but the point is, yeah, but I'm girl, look, you're a pro. I feel like the, the point is Carmen's content is really made in a way where anybody can approach it and it's fun. It's easy to digest. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's silly. It's funny. It's approachable. It's fun. It's like such an easy way for you to at least get started. So if you're somebody out there listening, you're just like, Oh, I've tried all these different blogs or I tried this or that. And it's just so, so dry and so stuffy, the vocabulary and the, that's not what you get when you, especially when you're on apps like Instagram and TikTok. That's why I love putting people on here that yeah. have their platforms in that way because it's just easier to to have fun with it. So I love that. Um, all right. So tell us a little bit about Make Real Sense. On your site, you have free templates. You're especially known for um, your budgeting. So you do cash budgeting and you have envelopes available, all this stuff. Tell us about all of that on the site. So I have like free sheets up there, which I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, like you don't got to use my sheets, use somebody's sheets to get started. There's so many free uh, resources out there online that you can utilize. Um, But I have 14 free budgeting sheets on my site that you can download. If you don't got the ink, because I don't like stuff that you, you know, it's a bunch of color or it just takes up a bunch of ink. If you don't have the ink, download it. Do you know? Do it by hand, um, and or do like some like rudimentary setup of it, um, just to mirror it. If you don't mm-hmm. have the ink, so that's something that you can utilize. Those are budget sheets. I ha- I do cash envelopes. Um, those are available on my site, and then I do examples on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have? I have a Excel. I'm like Excel queen. I love Excel. Yeah. Um, an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> like for purchase on there. But um, I do have other free re- resources on there, and just like a lot of every. Every day it's new content. Um, so whether that be like it's a little humorous or informative, I try to mix those two in just so it's not all informative and overwhelming. Because again, like I like to make it lighthearted. And my platform is really for anybody to come to come through, slide in the DM. No shame. Um, y'all already yeah. know all of my business. I had bad credit. Uh, I had $57,000 worth of debt. I had a job offer rescinded. I've gotten my payday loans. I've borrowed against my 401k. Every mistake that you can think of, except fraud, because <laughs> that, that's not me. Girl, I was about to say, I hope you're not out here doing no fraudulent activity. Would you trying to go to jail, girl? You already got sued. Come on now. <laughs> no fraud. No fraud. Um, every bad mistake possible I, I have made. So that's where I want to make sure my platform is welcoming to everybody. You don't have to feel ashamed um, by sliding in the DM. And if you do, it might take me a second to respond, but uh, I try my hardest to get back to every single uh, DM or email that I receive. Love it. Love it. Love it. That is 
that's common for you guys. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, it's so true. She's not even like coming off as trying to sound a certain way. Like we met on Instagram first, just DMing through Defree community tags, through posting similar content. Then Carmen had a really great idea to do an in-person workshop to support people in and around the New York City area. She hit me up. I was like, yo, let's do it. And no, we actually put We went at FinCon. We did. So we met in person in at FinCon Yep, that's right. So, and we had the funny thing is before we actually went to FinCon in person, we were DMing each other like, "We can't wait to meet, girl. You, you about to be my You're girlfriend." The only person I wanted to hang out with. Yo, I was like, I can't wait to meet I Carmen mean, in person. Like there were, I mean, obviously there were so many fun events and so many other people that I connected with. But to talk about like the hype leading up to the hype, I was messaging you like, "Girl, I can't wait. T minus two days. We about to meet in person. It's about to be official, not just Instagram." Right. <laughs> like, right. So corny as it might be, like we really did connect and bond. And I just feel like your realness is so it's apparent online and in person. It's the same, uh, right? Thank Both you, ways. Thank so, you. I appreciate it. Man, I can't I can't say it enough. Like I just love your authenticity, love everything that you're about. And Carmen is even doper because she taught herself to code. I mean, she took a boot camp, learned how to code, got a job coding. I mean, we're talking about things that everybody likes to aspire to say they're going to do this or that, you know, but it's hard. It's hard to change your life and make it happen. And yes. you did that recently, like, and, and continue to just take on new projects and learn new things. Like you really do embody the, like, you're always a lifelong learner. And if you want to change your life, you just got to up and do it. It's hard, but you can. That grind. Yes, that grind. Love that. All right, girl. So Instagram, that's the main place people can hit you up. Anything, yep. Anywhere else you can contact you, your uh, website, My email. blog, yeah, website, email, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that. I have some old YouTube videos. I'm not I'm not uh, on my YouTube, YouTube game like you are, but uh, there's some content up there. I think there's like three videos. Um, okay. But yeah, that's some, some place you can hit up. Uh, but yeah, main, main page is Instagram. Um, and you can always email me at contact at make real sense. Sense with a C- C N T S and y'all look, my grammar's terrible and my spelling's terrible. I, <laughs> I'm like, did you forget the E, girl? It's C E C E N T S. Oh God. <laughs> so uh, if you see a post with a grammar mistake, that is like the number one thing on my platform. Everybody will call me out for it. Uh, Feel free to slide in DM and change affect, effect, yes. whatever. Let Girl. me know. Um, I'll be, I've mm-hmm. never stood on the claim that English uh, is my thing. So your numbers, girl. Your numbers, girl. Is yeah. that right? No, actually, I've definitely looked out. If I see a if I see a typo or something, I always hit you up. Like, oh, girl, yeah. mm-hmm. I'll be looking out, girl. I'm looking out. I'm not trying to make sure you don't look crazy out here on the ground. <laughs> um, I appreciate you for that. I definitely appreciate yeah. that. So you guys, as y'all can tell. Carmen's so approachable. Hit her up. Let her know if her story today inspired you. You can hit her up at Make Real Sense. Sense as in dollars and cents, not sense like as in it does it make sense or not. <laughs> um, and of course, I will tag all of this stuff in, in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, in the description box so that y'all can hit her up. Carmen, thank you so much, girl. Thank I can't wait to so see you in person again soon. And yes. when this is all so over, much. budgeted yes. cocktails. Doing it. They budgeted, y'all. Don't judge. We're doing it. All right. Thank you, love. Yeah.